With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to level up. Come on! A weekly look at esports news and gaming on ESPN Pittsburgh and the iHeartRadio app. Now here's your host, Alex Lehu. So who's going to gamble this weekend on Overwatch League? It's legal now. This is Level Up. I'm Alex Lehu. Thank you all for joining. Yes, we are going to discuss gambling in the next segment. and We're going to discuss gambling and esports. Two words that, after all the controversy that has happened in esports over gambling the last couple of years, I am quite surprised that now we get to have a legitimate conversation about this. We're going to hit on that. We're going to hit on eSports news with Overwatch League because there were some pretty big upsets to start Stage 4. Then we're going to get into gaming news because the E3 leaks, they're coming fast and heavy. It's only a couple weeks, folks, until we get there. And due to last week's leak, we got a game that actually was revealed this week and a game I am so happy about. And then in the final segment... I honestly want to get into the fact of, is anyone really excited that Call of Duty and Battlefield are coming with their next installments? Everyone's playing Fortnite now, and the both of them said they're going to add modes that are essentially Fortnite, but I think it's a little too late. So we're going to hit on that in the final segment, but let's hit the esports bed because it's esports news time. All right. Only thing we really have this week is I'm still learning League of Legends. I'm probably going to start reporting on that in the next week or two because I think I'm almost there, but I'm not 100% there yet. But let's start with Overwatch League because Stage 4 has kicked off, and it kicked off with some upsets, surprisingly. And now Shanghai still didn't get a win, unfortunately. Dallas beat them. But the LA Valiant, they upset the Dynasty. And now they have fourth place over the Dynasty, and the Dynasty are in danger of falling out of the playoffs. A team that a lot of us thought was going to be undefeated in their first year. We thought they were going to be the New England Patriots, but no, they're in the middle of the pack now. So they get upset by the Valiant, and Valiant takes fourth place over them. Philly upsets Boston, which now also ties them with the Dynasty at six. And Boston, man... They look out of sorts without their coach that left for the Shock. Unfortunately, Shock did not win their first game with their new coach, but Boston looks like eh, they're still reeling from that painful loss they got in the Stage 3 final. So they get upset by Philly, which puts Philly right in the conversation with the Valiant and the Dynasty. And coming up right behind them is the Outlaws again, because the Outlaws once again just murdered the Spitfire. It was a sweep. They swept them 4-0. So, so everyone's got to look at what Houston does against London because apparently Houston just has London's number. 
and it's kind of insane. So that puts our standings going into the last final rounds of week one of stage four. Excelsior in first at 27 and three, Uprising in second at 22 and nine, Spitfire at third at 20 and 11, Valiant 19 and 12 at fourth, Dynasty 19 and 12 at fifth, Billy 19 and 12 at sixth, Outlaw 17 and 14 at seventh, Eighth, the Gladiators at 17 and 14. Nine, the Shock at 12 and 19. Ten, Fuel at 7 and 24. Florida, Mayhem, 6 and 25. And then Shanghai still has yet to win a game at 0 and 31. So, let's take a look at this a little bit as we go more into stage four. As you can tell, we got a big group of teams that are really close to each other. You have the Excelsior just clearing away first place. And then you got a bunch of teams that are fighting for the last playoff spots. Boston, London, LA, Sale, Philly, and Houston. And the LA Gladiators. All of them could take those other five spots in the playoffs. Very easily, might I add. And it's going to be a dogfight throughout these last couple of weeks until we get to the final. And... I don't know if Boston's going to be able to keep things up. They looked really out of sorts without their coach. Uh, London has, either looks really amazing or they fall on their face. The Valiant are the same way. The Dynasty are just, they are a disappointment at this point. They have to be. They are such a disappointment because everyone thought they were just going to murder this league. And now here they are in the middle of the pack. They're on a downward turn and... Some of the teams behind them, like Philly and Houston, they're on the uprise. Philly's been having a really good couple of weeks, and Houston, as they showed earlier in the year, can turn it on and go on a tear streak. But with Houston also, after that streak comes a loss streak, and that might be what bites Houston in the butt. I'm not so sure if I can call the six teams that are going to get in yet, but... It's getting very close to being able to because I do think they're a lot closer than everyone thinks. Excelsior are the clear favorite, obviously, but Uprising, Spitfire, Valiant, Dynasty, Fusion, Outlaws, Gladiators, they're all really close to each other. And then maybe the, the Shock sneaks in there. The Shock would have to pull off some serious upsets to get in that conversation. But yeah, Dallas, Mayhem, Dragons, they're all done. Pack it up. Your season's over. Um, I don't see any way you guys could possibly get into this conversation, but... Everyone else, this is where things are going to start getting very, very interesting. We're coming up towards the end of the playoffs, which the, the final got announced to be at the Barclays Center. July 30th and 31st, yours truly is going to try to go. I'm trying to work out things for that, and maybe we'll do some live stuff from there. That would be a really, really fun time, so... Going to try for the best on that, but that's it for gaming news because I'm still trying to catch up on League of Legends, trying to get acclimated to it so I can talk about it better. Fighting games are just having their normal ancillary tournaments until EVO, essentially. Well, not till EVO, till E3. E3 is the next big one. And that's really it. But there is something else to talk about with esports. And up next, gambling. It's now legal. With all sports, and that includes esports. So, what's esports plan to get into gambling legally? You're going to find that out next. This is Level Up. It's time to level up on ESPN Pittsburgh and the iHeartRadio app. Now, here's your host, Alex Lehu.
Degenerate rejoice. Gambling is now legal across sports. As we all probably know by this point, the Supreme Court has ruled that every state can do as they want to do with all types of gambling. So, in terms of sports, where does this put esports? A industry that has, when it started off, was really bad with shady gambling, with matchmake, with match fixing, with corruption, with all of this really, really bad ways to go about it. Esports and gambling have never really been well together. And now there's a chance to go legit with it. Now there's a chance to do it right. And it's been outlined by Complete slash Kotaku that there's a group. There's a group of individuals who want to take this and go legit with it. And they're led by, uh, well, I can't find the name, unfortunately. But basically, they want to make sure that there is no more corruption. They want this to all go legit. They want it to be as wonderful and as legal and as fun for everyone as it can be. And they also want to make sure that you can make some money off it. So it all starts with this company called Unicorn. And they are an esports betting site that offers its own proprietary cryptocurrency for bettors. The only thing they have to worry about now that the Supreme Court has been passed is the Wire Act, which prohibits betting across state lines. uh, Esports betting has been legal in Nevada since 2016 because they offered the first betting on League of Legends. So, Uncring co-founder and CEO Rahul Sood basically said to uh, Kotaku that he anticipated the Supreme Court finally ruling that betting was going to be illegal. He said, years ago, our investors asked us if we consider going down the fantasy path to skirt regulation. Other sites like DraftKings offer fantasy esports wagers for online bettors. Quite honestly, we didn't believe in that model. There are too many losers and only a few winners at top. Also, the idea of operating within a loophole didn't sound like fun. And where he's coming from on that is that there are so many gambling ways of esports that we're doing loopholes and shady stuff that basically he said, we can't do this. We can't go about this in the wrong way because at some point this is going to get overturned and we're going to be the group that's going to be able to make esports actually able to bet on legally. Uh, Sood went on to Sood went on to say he and his colleagues had hopes that the Supreme Courts would someday decide in their industry's favor. Uh, we anticipated the day that the U.S. would overturn its archaic law, and that day was yesterday. Well, not yesterday, but in terms of the quote. We are very excited, and we're working with casino partners across the U.S. who want to build the best gamified esports wagering experience for their consume customers. That's awesome. And it's what esports needs. It's, an- it's another one of those pieces, people. It's another one of those pieces to make esports go more towards the mainstream. One of my... Best friends, he, I don't like saying this, I'm not going to say his name, but he loves gambling. He does. He thinks it's fun. He never bets big. He just does all these small bets, but he has fun doing it. And even he has kept an eye on esports betting. And him and I have had conversations over the last couple weeks about if this gets passed. 
how is this going to change things? Could this really bring a lot of attention to esports? Because now the degenerate gamblers are going to be looking at it, seeing if there's going to be any wins. So it's a, it's a very interesting conversation, and I want to have him on the podcast very soon because he wants to start his own uh, sports betting podcast. And, hey, let's do a combination here, try to get both our podcasts off the ground here by combining esports and gambling because, well, now it's legal. This is very interesting to me because it's one of those things where now with every big event in esports, there's going to be that underlying factor that's fun with regular sports of what are the odds? What are the odds that Zero takes the Smash qualifier for a Nintendo? What are the odds that someone gets upset at Evo? All of these possibilities are now in play, and that's awesome. I'm really, really excited to see that, and what I'm also excited to see is that this uh, the group, Uncurrent, is trying to make sure this is as legit as possible, because... As they said themselves, there are some administrative concerns that remain, such as the question of how different states will approach the legalization progress. And they talked about that. They said, we have worked with the Nevada Gaming Control Board since 2016 and believe their system should be the model for other states. Dealing with 50 different regulatory regimes will be a nightmare for all concerned. And that is a very good point. The federal government will also need to address a wire act to clear way for profitable betting offerings. Without that, it's hard to see how the current illegal markets will be displaced by legal ones. And he's right. The wire act is another big factor that is getting brought up a lot in terms of esports because online betting is going to be the easiest way for esports to be able to work with gambling. And the only way that is going to be possible across the nation so there's no hair plucking or crazy rules is if you address a loop, like you basically make a clause in the Wire Act. I'm not saying you should completely get rid of it, but there's room for a clause to be made that allows something like this. Um, and they have said, of course, all the or there's multiple organizations that want to do this, but... Um, as we said, Uncurrent is the big one. And they finished off their statement with, there is clearly much to be done. Oh, no, this is, um, this is, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's correct. So there's clearly much to be done, and it's clear the decision is only the beginning. There's another organization called ESIC, which is wanting to make sure that everything is going to work uh, legally. They're going to be basically the lawyers of this whole thing. And everyone wants this to work. Everyone wants this to be fun for everyone, and I think that's awesome. I think that's exactly what we need for this to work. And once it does work, eh, maybe I'll put down 5 or 10. Maybe I'll put down the 5 or 10 I make for doing this podcast every week. Maybe maybe put a little money on Smash Brothers. Hey, I'm allowed to now. It's fun. All right, up next we got gaming news, and there's a couple stories this week, including one where, oh, yay, another Call of Duty is coming. And it looks exactly like the last one. Yippee. This is Level Up. It's time to Level Up on ESPN Pittsburgh and the iHeartRadio app. Now here's your host, Alex Lehew.
That pertains to one of our stories this week, one I am so happy about. And I don't want to hold any time. Let's just get right to it. Hit the bed. Oh, my God. Rage 2 is real. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Bethesda. And guess what, Gearbox and Borderlands fans? Suck it. Our post-apocalyptic game came out first. Well, I don't know. It's coming out in 2019. But it's been announced and we've seen gameplay of it. And it looks really different from the first Rage. Not in terms of the enemy design and the world itself, but it looks a lot more playful and colorful, which... The first man, uh, not Mad Max, doy, uh, the first Rage was inspired a lot by Mad Max. It was very brown. It was very, uh, stereotypical post-apocalyptic, but this one looks like Mad Max on LSD. So, I'm really, really excited to see where this is gonna go. They showed a gameplay trailer which showed a lot of the same enemy designs from the first game, which shows they're not ignoring it, but it also showed it seems to have a way more playful and crazy frenetic attitude to it. So... I'm re Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No what if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Really looking forward to that. The only thing that concerns me is that one of the things that I loved about the first Rage was that it ran in 60 FPS and it was a really fast paced shooter because it ran in 60 FPS. This trailer made it seem like it was running in 30 and that kind of worries me. I would love to see this work in 60 and id working on it tells me it might work in 60, but id's co-development with Avalanche, who ironically made the Mad Max video game, and it looks like it's going to run in 30, but I'm not 100% on that. So I'm going to hope for the best on that. All right. A lot of our stories this week work with the fact that they are leaks. They are leaks that could be stuff that's potentially announced at E3, and there's two from Nintendo that actually have a lot of credence to them. So, Eurogamer has heard that Retro Studios, makers of Donkey Kong Country, Tropical Freeze, and the Metroid Prime trilogy are developing a Star Fox spin-off game. And if that wasn't bad enough, so it's one of those things you take that and go, okay, well, it may be just one report, but IGN was able to find logos for it. Like, they got logos sent to them by people, but they can't confirm their authenticity. So, the idea is that the game could potentially be coming out in 2019, it'll be announced at E3, and it will feature an open hub world like Rare's Diddy Kong Racing for Nintendo 64, and it will be called Star Fox Grand Prix. Okay... I guess it makes sense, because Star Fox Zero didn't do very well, and Nintendo obviously doesn't want to let Star Fox go, but... 
they understand that Zero wasn't received very well because of the motion controls that Nintendo doesn't seem to want to admit, but if this is the way they want to continue the series, let Retro do their thing of taking a series and doing something wild and crazy with it, fine, I'm all for it. But the other rumor that we had this week was concerning Pokemon on the Switch, which is one that a lot of people have been asking me about in terms of, is the Switch going to get a honest-to-God Pokemon game? And there are some things this week that point to, yes, that's going to happen. The idea is that Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Pokemon Let's Go Eevee are going to be their titles because they've been registered by the Pokemon company with uh, the companies that they need to do to make sure they don't get sued. So... I would expect an announcement coming from that for E3. As in what the game is, the rumor is is that you're going back to Kanto in some way or another, which people know was the first area that Pokemon ever existed in. That's the area of red and blue. So I don't know what this could mean, but obviously that's going to be one to keep on the radar for fans of the Pokemon series at E3. I threw a bad shot at Borderlands earlier in this segment, but let's go back to Borderlands because Gearbox announced it's not going to be at E3. That's right. Gearbox has come out and said in a simple statement, there will be no Borderlands presence at E3 whatsoever, unless if Randy Pitchford's lying, which we all found out with Aliens Colonial Marines is actually very common to Randy Pitchford to do. So it could be showing up at E3 because I've seen some leaks that show, yes, they are planning to show it at E3, but... Who knows? Who knows how this could be taken? But the official statement from Gearbox themselves is that Borderlands 3 will not be at E3. I kind of call BS on that because Borderlands is Gearbox's basically, it's their only bargaining chip they have at this point. It's the only series that anyone cares about with them. So I will be stunned if this game is actually real, if they don't show it at the biggest stage to announce games. I just don't see that happening. So even though I'm not looking forward to Borderlands 3, I know a bunch of people who are, and I am telling you right now, I'm going to be stunned if that's not shown at E3 in some capacity or another. Even if it's not even announced. Even if it's just an announcement, their fans will be happy and they'll go nuts. So expect something from Borderlands 3 at E3. I, I call total BS on that. A little bit of a sad story here to go next. Uh... Boss Key Productions, the developer of Lawbreakers and Radical Heights, which is run by Cliffy B, who created Gears of War, is no more. Uh, Cliff said on a statement on Twitter that Radical Heights was a last-ditch attempt to make their type of Battle Royale game after Lawbreakers failed to gain any traction, but that it was ultimately too little too late. The service for Radical Heights will not be shut down immediately, but it is unclear how long exactly they will stay up, as long as the statement only says for the near future. Obviously, it always sucks when a studio gets shut down. Boss Key was one of those studios that a lot of people had a lot of hype for, actually, whenever they first got announced, because Cliffy B, of course, created Gears of War and Unreal Tournament. So, sucks that they're shutting down. Cliffy B said that he's going to step away from gaming development a bit to reevaluate things. So, hopefully, all the best to everyone who is at that studio that you find new jobs and that Cliffy, in some way or another, comes back. I think Gears of War could use you, Cliff. Just saying. All right, our final story here is honestly one of the coolest stories I've seen all year, and that's Microsoft has revealed the Xbox Adaptive Controller. And essentially what this controller does is that it allows people with physical disabilities to play games easier using multiple devices that'll plug into a board 
essentially. And this board is a little D-pad that you can plug a bigger D-pad into if you like, and two big buttons. So it allows people with uh, physical disabilities or mental disabilities to play games easier based on what their disabilities are. And I think that's one of the most incredible things Xbox has ever done. They worked very hard with the disability community to make sure this controller worked right for a lot of people. And it shows in a video they posted online that they really did put their heart and souls into making sure they got this right for a lot of gamers who by some way or another maybe they started as gamers but a physical accident hampered them but this the this controller will allow them to keep playing games and i don't think there's anything wrong with that and i think xbox really honestly should be commended for everything that they did making sure that this got done and it's gonna help a lot of people who like to play games play games easier and the video really showcased that you can find that video on xbox's facebook and twitter accounts i highly recommend you watch it because it shows just how instrumentally important this controller will be to some gamers and allowing them to play games like they like to and that to me is awesome and that's it for gaming news well not quite in the next segment there's two more games that got announced that we need to talk about because they're big series and people are excited for them but they're adding something in that is obviously trying to chase a trend and i think they're a little late to the party so that's coming up next this is level up it's time to level up on espn pittsburgh and the iheart radio app now here's your host alex lahew and that is just the beginning. We're bringing to bear 10 years worth of Black Ops Universe features. Your favorite characters, your favorite weapons, iconic parts of your favorite maps. And we're putting them all in one place, a crazy collision of fun, and letting you navigate it with land, sea, and air vehicles. Something you haven't experienced before. This is something totally new. This is doing Battle Royale the Black Ops way. Uh, oh, man. Oh. Oh, Call of Duty's doing a Battle Royale mode. Well, let's see how Battlefield is, too. Oh, great. Fantastic. All right. Let's break this down. So... Call of Duty revealed Black Ops 4 yesterday. They revealed their multiplayer mode, which looks like every other Call of Duty game. Yada, yada, yada. But they also revealed that they are doing a Battle Royale mode called Blackout, which the audio I played before was part of the trailer that revealed it. And Battlefield 5 is getting announced next week, and they have also been rumored to have a Battle Royale mode like Fortnite. And I honestly have to say this. You guys are late to the party. Like, you're just reaching for straws. You're going after the trend, and it's not going to work because everyone knows you're doing it. I, I I put it out on social media last night. Is anyone, anyone honestly excited about Black Ops 4? And I had one person, one person said, yeah, kind of. Everyone else was, 
man, they are jumping on this trend so hard and so fast that it's just desperate. And battle we all know Battlefield's going to do the same thing next week. Why wouldn't they? Because it's EA. EA is such a bad example of chasing after trends. Ask them about their microtransactions. So, it's one of those things where Call of Duty and Battlefield are going so hard. I mean, Call of Duty essentially said they're getting rid of... They're getting rid of single player to make way for this Battle Royale mode, which everyone's going to look at and go, this is desperate. This is stupid. It's dumb. And it leads credence to the fact that when you have a big game, you know, Call of Duty was in these shoes 10 years ago. They revitalized and re-energized a specific part of multiplayer. They were the best at it. And now, you know, they're trying to chase the game that was the best at it. What happened to all of Call of Duty's competitors? They died. They tried to chase Call of Duty and they died trying. No, y'all remember the Medal of Honor games they released for the PS3? No, you don't. Because they were trying to chase Call of Duty and they did it horribly. The only reason Battlefield survived is because Battlefield said, you know what? We're not going to be Call of Duty. We're not going to be fast-paced. We're going to be more meticulous. We're going to be big maps. We're going to be vehicles. We're going to be all this stuff, and it's going to work, but it wasn't exactly Battle Royale. If anyone has to be the most pissed at this, it's EA and Battlefield. Because basically, all Battle Royale did, modes did, was just say, hey, you got no weapons. Everyone's on this map. 100 people. Last man standing lives. It's basically they took a battlefield map and just took things around in the gameplay of it. Now, Fortnite's obviously done a lot more than that, and PUBG has managed to do a lot more than that, but that's basically what they started as. And Battlefield's got to look at this and go, "Get why didn't we think of this first? Why didn't we think that this was a good idea? Because now they have to play catch-up. And they're going to play catch-up with Battlefield Five. We all know they're going to. They're also going to cram as many microtransactions into that freaking game as they can because it's EA. They said they're going to keep doing it. And five bucks, I know which game they're going to do it a lot in. Probably the one that's going to sell the most, and that'll be Battlefield. I have more hope with Call of Duty potentially pulling this off. But at the same time, it's still so desperate. And everyone knows it. Everyone knows you're tracing a trend here, guys. And I have to ask, and I bet, I mean, I'm sure you guys will give generic answers, but you won't be able to think one level ahead of it. No pun intended. But what makes your guys' game different from Fortnite? What makes your Battle Royale mode different from Fortnite or PUBG, the one that everybody is playing? Okay? What is it? Is it Call of Duty-specific things? Because that's not good enough. Unless if you throw some zombies in there, hey, you'll get some people who love the zombie modes, but you're not going to get everyone. You're not going to do a dent in Fortnite and PUBG. They're the kings. Okay? I don't even like the games and I'm defending them. I know Fortnite and PUBG are the kings of the Battle Royale game. And no one's going to touch them. You think because you you have the name Call of Duty and you'll be able to throw in better weapons and gameplay... That you'll be able to, to take away from Fortnite. You're going to have to do more than what Fortnite does. You're going to have to find some way to make your game different. And based off your last couple of sequels, I don't see the two of you doing that. 
I really don't. Because let's remember back to the last time that Call of Duty tried tried to chase trend. It was with a game that everyone expected to do well and then just didn't meh. Remember when Black Ops 3 was essentially Titanfall? Yeah, you don't because you probably didn't play it. Or you probably looked at it and went, that looks stupid. And that's probably going to be the same thing when Call of Duty gets revealed. It's probably going to look insanely stupid. And people are just going to say, why Why don't you just be Call of Duty? Why don't you do what you did last year with World War II? Just be the game that you're good at and the people will play it. But no, that's not good enough for Activision. Activision has to cram their way into trying to get on a trend that they didn't come up with first. That's always been their MO and they've done it the most with Call of Duty. So nobody, nobody should be shocked that they're doing this. And if you are, well, you might want to look at Activision as a company a little more. And you might want to look at the series of Call of Duty a little more. Because this is nothing new to them. It's not. It's nothing new. They've done this before, they're going to do it again, and they're going to keep doing it until this series inevitably dies because Activision's going to run it into the ground. And I know Battlefield's like, yeah, go at him. Oh, I'm not done with you yet. Battlefield, you you just, you're going to get killed by your own publisher too. You don't know it yet, but we all know. We all know that this game is going to be broken because of microtransactions because EA is double down saying, oh no, we're going to keep doing loot boxes. And guess what? Your game's going to suffer the most because of it, I bet. And the gaming public knows it. So no matter how cool you look next week when you're revealed, there's going to be that caveat. There's going to be people saying, well, it looks good, but we know it's going to be a loot bot max, so let's wait a year till after it releases to go pick it up. Sucks, doesn't it? That's why everyone's going to be playing Red Dead 2 come October. Sorry, it's the truth. Red Dead 2 is going to be the best seller of the year. I'll put money on it. I would put hard money on that. Well, I mean, maybe Fortnite. Does Fortnite sell physically? I don't know if it does, but I mean, Fortnite's going to have the most players, but I bet the game that sells the best this year will either be... Hmm. I put money on Red Dead. I put money on Red Dead. The only reason I'm not putting money on Smash is because Smash is a one-console game. Red Dead will be on multiple consoles. I think I think Call of Duty will do fine. So I think Battlefield is actually going to do much worse than they anticipate. I think word's going to get out early that loot boxes are in Battlefield, and then that game sales are going to plummet. Or at least I hope. I can dream, can't I? That's it for this week's Level Up. Thank you to our executive producer, Brian Lamartina. I'm Alex Leyu. Game on, and have a good weekend, everyone. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.